Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so... Thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! The baseball season is way too long. The game is way too slow. It's so boring to watch. Shut up! Get your peanuts, Cracker Jacks, and IPAs ready. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Swing and a long drive, deep to right. Covering all things baseball. Going, going. The big leagues. Going, going. And the MLB to Portland. Goodbye. He has done it. He has changed the game of the night with one swing of his bats. Now, here are your hosts, Patrick Harris and Mike Lynch on 1080. Bang, zoom, go the fireworks. The fan. Welcome into the hot corner for a must be a Wednesday and baby it's always a Wednesday and this is one of the most fun Wednesdays of the year because playoffs are here baby. yeah we get really excited about this I mean the good news is tonight it's National League you and I are both American League boys and I feel like in years past they've always done us dirty put the American League game on the Wednesday show. I remember. Do the, you remember? The Yankees-Indians game. 21st night of September. That was on during our show. That was a game five, I believe. That was a game five. That was on Wednesday night, and it was live. That was a good it, time. It was Well, it was a difficult show to do. Oh, I'm sure it was terrible radio. Well, people loved it. So. Really? Well, because they heard you get depressed. <laughs> you love us knowing this sucks? What? <laughs> well, it's like, well, it's I just like, don't like think it's the... good radio. And then someone's like, that show was awesome. And I was like, that's bad radio. I mean, it was like when we did the, the beer podcast with the non-alcoholic beer. And I don't <laughs> think that was great content. Yet everyone tells us they laugh their asses well, off. Well, no, so. no, 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 no. That's not great. That's not great product, but I would argue the content was really good. Well, I, just I think mean, there was a like, lot of us sipping like and the, making noises. We're like in the middle of conversation and then. We just stop because oh, something true. happens. You, you see what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. That's what I'm typing about. rapidly. <laughs> I know. Well, they, they, Mike, Mike Lynch on a keyboard. 
It's like a jackhammer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, here we are, baby. It's playoff time. Uh, it's pretty exciting. There was, a, there was a, the score wouldn't tell you it, but I thought last night's game was very exciting, uh, very intense. A lot of, you know, a lot of emotions. The crowd was a factor. I mean, yeah, calls was, were a factor yep. on radio. Uh, there was a lot of fun about it. And tonight, we're getting a game that honestly I expected. I expected a low-scoring pitching battle. Um, I I should have found a bet in Vegas that Wayno would have thrown longer than Scherzer because I had a feeling that was coming. It was pretty close, but Wayno only went five and a third. That's better than five and none. Is that what Scherzer did? I'm not sure. I okay. I, I jest. I jest. You're not Scherzer. <laughs> I jest. Uh, uh, Scherzer four and a third. That's what I thought. I One thought he I thought he got pulled in the fifth. Um, and so here we are. Here we are. We're in postseason baseball. We got a lot to unpack with today because I do want to touch the end of the of this of the season. We talked about it last week about how this had the opportunity to be one of the most epic finishes. It didn't quite finish that way, but no. I still but I still want to unwrap a lot of a lot of that in both leagues. And here we are, wild cards, and DS starts tomorrow. That it does, and uh, it's kind of funny. I had this thought today. I, I forget who I said this to, um, but it's kind of nice. This is going to sound really douchey, so apologize. It's kind of nice to go into watching the playoffs without any stress. Oh, I, because oh, because you guys are out because the Yankees got eliminated yeah. yesterday. And welcome to my world. About three out of every four years. What's up, dude? And of course, I'm bummed that they're out. And 2016 was great. 2017 was a nightmare. But I really, really am going to enjoy watching these series without the heart pumping anxiety. And literally, like, literally, I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack in some of those on mm-hmm. some of those playoff games. It'll be nice just to like. This is a really tight game. I imagine Swag, the Dodgers fan at home, is losing his GD mind right now. Right. And I'm just watching it as a baseball fan and going, hey, it's a pretty good game. Yeah, I had this conversation the other day. I've been I've been filling in for Will Darkens. Congratulations on creating human life. Uh, I've been filling in for him on AJ and Dusty. And Dusty's a baseball guy. And we've been talking, and I, he's asking me about Cleveland and the Guardians and all that kind of stuff. And I've just kind of been talking to people. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do here, but uh, I really just want to get to a point where I can just – be a fan of baseball Mm -hmm. and being a Cleveland fan kind of helps. Sometimes you get some years where the team looks good and you go all the way to a world series. Sometimes you walk into a wild card game and you lose. Sometimes you walk into a DS and you, you know, you go four games and you don't look that great, but I am really, I am also with you. I'm really excited. I think this year's playoffs, if you ask me, some people have asked me over the last week or so, who you got? Who do you think is going to win? I can go back and forth. I think there's three to four teams that can win this whole thing. I don't have a rooting interest. Uh, and I think that's really great. That That's why we love baseball. You know, I think college football on a national level is that way, too. You're a Syracuse kid. Mm-hmm. I'm a Washington State kid. We always suck. We're Hooray! not, and even when we're good, we're not going to win natties. Of course, we're not going to the playoff. We're not like we want Bama. Get out of here. We're not doing that. Look, I feel this way about the NFL too. Uh, I know that you are currently teamless, although I still think you have a little piece in your piece in your heart. 
for the Chargers. Until they drafted a duck. Oh, he's awesome, and then he's helping them win. So. He is really good. Um, he's really good. Uh, recently, especially as a Broncos fan, they haven't been very good. Right. And So you can kind of step away. I step away a little bit, and I can fully enjoy watching Red Zone and following my fantasy team and all that kind of stuff without the added stress of well, my team is good and these games matter. Now, this year they started off well. They lost last week, so maybe that'll come back a little bit if they actually wind up having a good season. Mm-hmm. But that that is a nice thing. If you are a fan of a specific sport and your team is bad, it opens up that emotional headspace for the other parts of the sport. Yeah, and I I would argue that I've always been this kind of way, but it might be because my teams are not perennial losers. I don't want to say that. I don't want to act like I'm the Red Sox pre-2004. But my teams have never had those lofty expectations. Shout out to you. My teams have never had those lofty expectations. The only team that I root for that has had those lofty expectations, honestly, probably the Portland Timbers. Yeah. Um, I'm a Liverpool kid when it comes to the Premier League. And boy, you do not join Liverpool as a fan because you love titles. No, you if you like, although you got to experience lofty expectations for the first time the year after they won the title. Right. And they were not very good that year. No. And And it was probably really difficult because you thought you were going to be really good. No, it wasn't. It really wasn't Mm. because you're like, oh, here we go. Back to usual. Back to usual. And that's kind of a nice thing. Complaining about being a top four fan. I'm over here like <laughs> avoiding relegation every year. You know, it, desperately it, trying to win games. Yeah, it's tough, but I think we haven't won a game. I yet. think you learn that stuff. I mean, you know, we've being, tied four though. Being 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 the producer for AJ and Dusty, which is you know a prominent noon to three show, where that show covers a lot of ducks, beavers, and all this kind of stuff, and you got very passionate fan bases when it comes to that. And every once in a while, someone will come across on the text line. You know, or, or you know, AJ will say something, or Dusty will say, and they'll throw me shade at being a Wazoo kid. And everybody thinks they're going to get some kind of reaction out of it. Like, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? It's easy for you to talk trash about the Ducks losing to Stanford. What the hell have you ever won? It's like nothing. Which is why I talk crap. And we know that. <laughs> we are very aware. I am very aware that the team in Major League Baseball with the longest World Series winning drought is my Cleveland. That's my team. That kind of threw me for a loop that you paused because I think you were going to say Indians, <laughs> but you stopped to. yourself and then you're going to say Guardians, but you hate it. Yeah. So you just said my Cleveland. Yeah, my Cleveland. Like we're the biggest I drought. I am 1080 the fan. <laughs> we are the biggest drought. And the last time Cleveland won a World Series, Jackie Robinson was in his sophomore year. It's been a long time. Of high school? <laughs> and so you get used to it. And that's what's great about playoffs in any aspect. That's why I love March Madness. That's why I love baseball playoffs. And that's why I love Champions League. Because the competition is still so high and the drama is still so serious that it doesn't matter if your team's in it or not. It's actually almost better that your team's not in it. Well, I, I would argue of all the things. Obviously, you- I want to be a Dodger fan and be competing for World Series every year, but I'm not. Of all the ones you mentioned, baseball's the best. I be- think so. Because especially now, although I feel this way throughout the year, and I heard you say this in AJ and Dusty today, that 
I'm yelling at the team game 15 and then yelling at them for the same thing game 140. Um, baseball is the perfect sport for high stress games. Yep. Because every little thing could be the difference between winning and losing mm-hmm. in basketball in hockey and football. There's so many plays that, you know, one thing, two things happen and it's like, ah, well, you know, there's still eight minutes left. Things will change. In baseball, and I think this is a little bit in soccer, although in soccer there's more movement. In baseball, it's more one thing at a time. Yeah, soccer's continuous. It's like soccer and hockey are so great because it's continuous. But it's low scoring, so it's high stress. Right. With baseball, it's that pitch that just missed and was called a ball could be the the reason that you walk the next batter Mm -hmm. and you give up a run, and it's one singular pitch. And that's why I think this sport in the playoffs is uh, superior to all others, although I think it's superior to all others all the time, uh, is because every single little thing drips with drama. If it's the second inning and you commit an error, what if they score on the next play? bite you. What if that's the reason you lose? Oh, my God. What if that shifts momentum? Right. What What if all of a sudden Chuck Knobloch's got the yips? What if all of a sudden your third base coach sends your sort of slow outfielder when the ball was already near the infield? Oakley Doakley. Well, that's kind of where we'll start. This is the hot corner. It's baseball postseason. We got a lot to unwrap today. We want to get into this current game going on right now, which is in the bottom of the seventh, two outs, runner on first, tied 1-1 between the Cardinals and the Dodgers. We're already at three hours, by the way, and it's the bottom of the seventh. I love it. I love it. We'll get to we'll get to the American League wildcard game, which finished up last night. I'm sure Mike's got a lot of opinions, and I've got some as well. I'll be interested to think what Mike ha- to hear what Mike has to say based on my opinions. I do want to get into the Mariners at the end of the year and maybe a touch ahead. I don't want to spoil John Sukanik, who will come on with us later on to get into that. And then there's other series that start tomorrow that uh, I I'm, I'm interested. I like these playoffs look good. I don't know who's going to win. I don't know. I don't feel good about anybody. I don't know. So there's a lot to get to. There's and a fan. Cody Bellinger still looks high as all hell. There's a fan text line, 503-250-1080. That bad boy lets you interact with us throughout the entire show. You can follow us on social media. Mike's on Twitter, at Mike Lynch 27 You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at PDD085. There's our fantastic producer, Mr. Joseph Fisher III. He's on Twitter and IG as well, at JoeFish3. That's F-I-S-C-H. Y'all can harass us. We love it. We absolutely love it. Beers on Us podcast will drop tomorrow. Just a little quick hit, but a nice preview of what the rest of October looks like. So make sure you download that wherever you get your podcasts, including the Odyssey app and 1080thefan.com. When we come back, where do you want to start, Mike? Well, we're starting with the AL wildcards, you said, right? You want to start with your boys while this game's still going on? Yeah, let's let's let this finish to kind of get our thoughts fully wrapped up. Sounds excellent. That's how we do things here. This is a democracy. We're a team here. We come back. Red Sox beat the Yankees 6-2 last night in the wild card game. What the hell happened? What the hell's going on? We'll get to that next. Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Take 20 here, Portland Sports Leader. Don't you forget it. Blake Trinan on the mound. For his second inning of work. For his second inning, which concerns me. He's at 24 pitches already. 
It concerns me because although I think Blake Trinan is the best reliever in that bullpen, although Joe Kelly could have an argument on that. He's already pitched. Uh, it feels like Dave Roberts is going with Kenley Jansen for the close. Well, there's not going to be game. a close if they don't have the lead. In yeah. a tight game. So we'll God. see how that goes. We'll we'll keep you updated. <laughs> Dodgers Cardinals still tied 1-1, top of the eighth, no outs. Carlson at the dish with Trinan on the mound. Uh, but yesterday, yesterday was to, don't let the score fool you. This game for the first six, seven innings was pretty intense. Yep. And when the Red Sox bullpen came in later on in the game, I still went, okay, I'm still watching this game. Cause I don't, you know me, I don't trust, I don't trust that bullpen. You shouldn't. Eovaldi did Eovaldi things last night. Welcome to cementing your Kurt Schilling, Andy Pettit, like whatever you want to say, like you are a postseason guy. Part of the the rivalry, right? Yeah, congratulations. So there's that. But everything in this game, Xander Bogarts hits a home run early, a two-run bomb. First inning. First inning. After Cole walked uh, Devers? Who was hitting before Bogarts? I can't remember the exact line out the Red Sox. Yeah, I don't remember who was on first, but there was He got two outs. He got to two strikes, I'm pretty sure, and then walked a guy. And in my head, I went, oh, God. And because Bogarts just kills the Yankees. He's, I mean, he kills everybody, but he he has particularly been a Yankee killer. And he, he hung a changeup, Cole did, and he smashed it straight away center field. And as much as I like to bash on the Red Sox on this program, boy, the world needs to watch Xander Bogarts. Mm-hmm. That guy's the top shortstop in baseball. Top three, I could argue he's number one. I don't think he's number one, but I could argue it. He's certainly up there. Uh, that guy is really good. So he got the party started. But everything in that game last night shifted on this. Here's a smash to left. High and deep. And this one is off the top of the wall. Just missing a home run. Judge in the third. He's being waved around. Bogarts relayed to the plate. And he is out. What a mistake by Phil Nevin, who's done that before in this ballpark. Wow. Can't believe he sent him with one out. That is W-E-I-I on the call on that, and that's when everything shifted. Giancarlo was the best player for the Yankees last night at the plate. As he has been for most of the last month of the season, although Judge would certainly be a close second. And that's what you expect from your high money guy. And we'll get into Garrett Cole in a minute. That's what you expect from your high money guy. Stan was great last night, and you're in a different ballpark Things might be a little different. The monster reared its head a couple times. That particular hit was a home run everywhere else. The first one, it looked like a home run off the bat. It kind of was falling late and then hit the middle of the wall. It probably isn't a home run in most parks, although it looked like it. And then, well, he hit a homer in his third at bat. Let's be real real quick. Uh, The Ringer posted an article. A big, dumb green wall was the MVP of last night's game. <laughs> the pitch to Stanton. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It, it is, is far. That is gone. Out of the ballpark. A, a Stantonian home run. Off, yeah. it looked good. Now, wh- what, did, what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? <laughs> He's at first base. Yeah, there's uh, yeah. good old John Sterling. <laughs> so, and we can laugh about Sterling, and I don't want to take shots at Sterling. He's a legend. Uh, but 
Giancarlo was the guy last night. He, he was? was absolutely the guy. He should have had three home runs in theory. Again, that first one, probably not a home run. But you know what I mean. He was locked in. And if you're a Yankee fan, he's had his injury struggles. He costs a lot of money. That's what you wanted to see, and he was great. But the biggest change of that game, I remember I turned to my girl, and I said, you got to watch this. They were showing the replay, and she likes baseball. Um, doesn't obviously watch it as much as we do. And she watched that go down and just went, whoa, that's amazing. Hmm. Just seeing the whole thing, mm-hmm. the whole thing happen. So Judge gets thrown out of the plate by a mile uh, off that double. Actually, actually wasn't by a mile. Give Judge some credit for getting have a little extra wheels because he was a swim move away. I mean, the Ploiecki caught the ball when he was three quarters of the way down the line, but he... He actually, if you look at the replay, he's closer to being safe than you would expect based on the play. I would agree. So give Judge a little credit on that. I would agree, and that and that's kind of what I want to get into on this. That was the biggest game-changing play of the game. It was all the momentum. It was all the momentum. Red Sox were up 3-0. Uh, Cole got taken out of the game. Ivaldi was pitching great. Fantastic. Rizzo hits a solo home run. Judge gets on first. I think that was the infield hit he beat out. Yep, you are correct. And then Stanton hits the – they bring in Brazier, and Stanton just annihilates a high fastball that hit like three it quarters of the way gone. up the green monster in center field. Honestly, watching it live, I thought there was no way Judge didn't score. Because of how far the ball went and because of what happened in center field – uh, Kike Hernandez had a little trouble getting it. Mm-hmm. And I was he like, he played it decently off the wall, but the wall is such a beast. Yeah. And like he got it, but it kind of bobbled in his glove. I kind of sat there and I was like, I watched the relay throw in. And in my head, I was expecting judge to be standing up crossing home plate. Mm-hmm. And I saw the throw and I went, Oh no. Oh no. Cause the second that happened, I knew I knew the momentum had swung all the way back, and I wasn't sure they were going to be able to recover from it. Well, they were great relay plays, relay throws. It was a great throw from Bogarts, yeah. Yeah, great. Perfectly on the line. Kike got the ball to Bogarts perfectly, and Bogey just threw it on a dime. I mean, he was right at second, straight shot. But what was interesting to me, when Giancarlo hit that, I kind of, you know, my eyebrows raised. Oh, is it going to go? I know the monster's there. Is it going to go? Is it high enough? Uh, We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Hits off the wall, and I'm yelling, Send him. I'm yelling, send him. Yep. I don't I don't know where Judge is. I don't know where he is on the base path, but I'm yelling in the house watching the game with, with I'm not rooting for anybody. I'm rooting for baseball. And I'm yelling, send him. Because you know me, I firmly believe in those do or die kind of games, when it's that kind of close, make someone make a play. Because nine times out of ten, I swear if you make them make a play, they'll miss it. So you got to take that risk. I'm yelling, send him. And then I see him as far away as he was. Again, I agree. He wasn't that far, but he was further than I thought. I didn't realize that Nevin made the wrong call. Yep. Because when I, when I look back, and I still haven't seen a video of Judge rounding the bases, to me it feels like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that when Giancarlo hit that ball, Judge thought it was gone. If Judge is on, thought it was gone. If Judge is on his horse from the beginning, I think he scores. Um, I actually, so I didn't see the replay of Judge running. What I, I haven't seen it at all. What, what I did see today was an interesting thing on Twitter that I can't remember. The, it was an MLB something. 
and it was it was it was animated, but it was actually like the full body movements of every player correct. And in that, they showed Judge running. Mm-hmm. I think they were following it and trying to track it. Judge is running full speed the entire time. Oh, really? Well, maybe not full, full speed, but he's not like jogging to second on a home run like he went. Because I know he's not super fast, but he's athletic enough that I'm thinking when that ball hits the wall, I'm like, send him. Yeah. Like, you got to send him. I think. I mean, he might have started a tiny bit slow, but based on what I saw in that moment, I think he was going. Okay. What I think it was was I think the ball bounced off the wall so hard because Stanton hits the ball oh, so God, hard. He lit that ball up. That it actually reached the center fielder faster than you than it would normally would have. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. As someone who watched 158 of the 162 Yankee games this year. Is that a fact? It's rough estimate. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> I don't know if this is a Phil Nevin thing, who's the third base coach, former Padre. I don't know if this is a, a a strategy for the team. Nevin has been extraordinarily aggressive sending runners this year at third, which I'm all about. The Yankees were actually I love it. the Yankees were actually tied for the lead in the majors with the Royals for runners thrown at at home this season. Ah, interesting. Um, which is a stat directly correlated at your third base coach. Yes. Uh, some of the decisions he made this year were absolutely dreadful. Mm. But a lot of the decisions he made this year wound up working out. And I think the theory little hindsight it, theory. Well, I think the theory behind it is the chances of it being a perfect throw to home are what? Probably pretty slim. Like I was saying, make the guy make a play. How many times do you see a ball bounce or it's slightly up the line or whatever? Catcher bobbles the catch. Yes. Uh, I think the theory is there's probably a literal analytical number in Cashman's binder for this that he manages the team with the manager of the Yankees. Yes. Um, That says the chances of a throw being perfect are probably like 15 to 20%. Right. Mm. That gives you an 80% chance. If you send a runner that he's going to be safe because the throw goes awry. Yeah. Now you got to judge the runner. You got to judge the guy who's throwing the ball. There's, There's certainly things that need to be made. Uh, decisions that need to, be, need to be made there. I think Phil Nevin made the wrong choice yesterday. I think watching the highlight of Nevin rounding him around third, Nevin says go to third when the ball's already being thrown into second base. Like, Kike Hernandez already let go of the ball, and Judge is about to touch third as the ball bounces once in front of Bogarts, and he says go. I don't know if Bogarts has a history of bad throws to home. Maybe that went into the thought process as well. But that is... That is way, way too early to make that decision where Judge is and where the ball was. I kind of just felt like once I saw that, I went, oh, Nevin, you shouldn't have done it. We got that would have been runners on first and third, one out, instead it's runner on second with two outs. And it's a three, oh, first and third, yeah, yeah, first and third with one out, down by two with Gallo coming up, and now it's a runner on second. There's still a lot to unpack from this game as that definitely shifted things, but we saw the Yanks go to the bullpen And I do want to get into Garrett Cole, and I do want to get into Aaron Boone. There's still so much to unwrap from this. Cardinals-Dodgers still 1-1, top of the eighth, runner on first, two outs. Harrison Bader at the dish with Nebel on the mound. We'll keep you updated on that. We'll come back. A little more Yankee Red Sox talk, but first, there's my man Joe with sports. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. 
It's 836. This is Portland Sports Leader. We are live from the poop-filled Willamette. This is the hot corner after dark. Nebel on the mound for the Dodgers. It's still 1-1. Top of the eighth, runner on first. Is that how you pronounce it? Corey Nebel? I've never actually, like, I always thought it was Kniebel. Oh, I, th- I think it's Nebel. I, I would assume that you are correct. But I actually never really heard it said in a broadcast, and I just always read it as Knebel or Kniebel. Well, Harrison Bader, you know him. He's my guy. Hitting eighth. I'm all about him. Uh, just one of those, another classic Cardinals at the dish who just struck out. So we're going to the bottom of the eighth. Uh, still a tie ball game. We'll keep in there. We'll get into that in the second clock, second hour, excuse me, uh, with fair or foul at the bottom of the nine o'clock hour as well. Uh, but just, you know, continuing this Red Sox Yankee conversation. And Mike, one thing I love about you is, you know, we talked about this on AJ and Dusty today, is that you aren't the classic Yankee fan. The classic Yankee fan is, you know, fill in the blank of the obnoxious fan in any sport, and you can easily say it's the Yankee fan. But this is why I love talking about you, talking to you about Yankee stuff, is because you actually tend to critique more than you praise, Mm -hmm. and not in a Bronx I hate everything kind of way. That's my internal dialogue, but I, I can I can filter out that and be reasonable when I speak. A radio professional is what he just said. Um, but what, what, what one of the biggest things that I was quite surprised by, I know that, especially against that team, things hadn't looked good recently, but I know the man has so many postseason starts and has been on a World Series run. And is clearly one of the best pitchers of the game. I was really surprised in Garrett Cole's performance last night. I thought... I was not. Kind of like Max Scherzer. Garrett Cole gives me the vibe as a human being. He gives me a little bit of that Scherzer vibe, which is funny because Scherzer didn't have it tonight either. That he gives me that vibe that, okay, I've been struggling, but it's a big game. I'm here to play. And he struggled last night. And it... It wasn't, you know, to hear a guy getting pulled in the third without getting an out, giving up two dingers, it sounds worse than I think it actually was. But I I was still surprised that he didn't have it early on. Um, Garrett Cole has been really, really rough in the month of September up until this game. Right, we saw it, especially against the Red Sox because you guys played a decent amount of games against them. Well, actually, his only good start in September was against Boston where he gave up three on one home run in the sixth, but the Yankees had like a 9 nothing lead at that point. Um, he got absolutely destroyed by your Cleveland Indians. Just murdered. Just an offensive juggernaut in Cleveland. Just destroyed him. Jose Ramirez should get MVP votes. And then he got absolutely lit up by the Blue Jays in the second-to-last series of the year. Where second best offense in baseball. Well, they hit fastballs, and he decided to throw all his fastballs, and they just <laughs> murdered them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you will know a lot about Garrett Cole based on his first inning. Uh, that it's, it's just that simple. He actually even said it in a press conference. He said that uh, he uses kind of like the anger and intensity of a start to really get him going. And he said that when he goes down giving up a couple of runs early, it's almost hard to chase that anger because you're more disappointed in yourself, mm-hmm. is what he said. It's something along those <clears throat> lines. And you will know a lot about what Garrett Cole you're going to get in the first inning. Interesting. You can tell that right away. Oh, yeah. Because sometimes a lot of those aces, those big money aces, like a Scherzer, a Kershaw, a 
a Bieber for that example, a Verlander, a Cole, sale in the past pre-Tommy John, you almost kind of want to say, well, let me see what they look like in the fourth. Like I thought Scherzer might struggle a little bit, but come the fourth, fifth, dialed in going seven strong. Yeah, that's that's not how it's been with Cole, at least this year. Now, remember, Cole's only been there for a year and a half. He had the 60-game season last year, which I'm counting as a half year. It was I year kinda, one of his deal. I kind of counted as a zero year for everybody. Well, right, but, I mean, he he's had his experience to, to kind of begin his his time with, with the Yankees. Um, and that was also Spider-Tack, Garrett Cole, so it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But Garrett Cole, if he's a little wild in the first inning, that's not a good sign. Interesting. You can tell that early. Yes. If his fastball location is a little bit off, that's not a good sign. And because he's such a perfectionist and when he's just so a personality thing, you think, well, I think it's a combination of, of things, but I do think it's a big personality thing. Yes. When he's on, he is painting corners with this fastball. He's one of the best, like literally perfectly on the corner. And in the no, first, no inning, catcher help sliding in. Nope. Just right there in the first inning yesterday, either in the second or third batter, he threw like two fastballs that were, that were like a foot outside and a foot up. And I went, Okay, well, let's see a little, maybe maybe a little over ramped up, a little jitters, and then the second thing you got to look for is how are, how is his breaking stuff working? In September, Garrett, oh, this is going to get super Yankee nerdy because I watched all the starts this I, year. I don't want Yankee nerdy. I want baseball nerdy. Well, but it's Yankee nerdy because I watched all his starts. So pretend you're baseball nerdy. In September, his knuckle curve was nowhere to be found. It's his second best pitch. It's mm-hmm. his most important pitch because. Off the fastball, it looks like a fastball until it doesn't. He has not been able to figure out the feel on that curveball for like four or five starts. Did you notice how many times he threw a knuckle curve yesterday? Like once, twice, maybe? Can't say I saw it. Exactly. He went to the slider, and which I'm actually a Mike, looked pretty good. And I'm a Mike Mussina guy, so you know that knuckle curve I'm all about. Yes. Um, he went to the slider. It was pretty effective. He wasn't getting the calls off the edge of the plate. They were balls, but that, that will obviously determine a lot. I could tell in the first inning, even before the Bogarts at bat, I went, uh, I don't know. Mm. It's pretty easy to tell when you get bad Cole early. Mm. And Bogarts hit him for that home run, and I kind of made this face of like, well, there it is. And then Schwarber hit the home run in the third inning. Now, Schwarber hit a pitch that was a foot up above the zone. <laughs> that was a good pitch. What are pitch. you doing? Oh, my God. Nice swing, dude. Right. It was It was a great. <laughs> Alex Cora's like, no, no, yay! <laughs> It was a great pitch by Cole, but Schwarber just tattooed it. And I actually saw a video of Garrett Cole pirate version in the playoffs against Kyle Schwarber Cub version. And Schwarber hit the exact same pitch for a home run at a PNC park like six years ago. <laughs> so I guess he's got a history of hitting funny high, how, high Cole fastballs. Funny how that stuff, when you get traded around, you dance around, all and this old stuff comes back. So I just kind of, I knew in that first inning that I was like, it's either going to be a good grinded out couple of runs start from Cole or it's going to be bad Cole. Uh, every, every once in a while, he can fight through those games if he's facing a bad offense because they'll swing at things out of the zone. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox are not swinging at things out of the zone. No. So if you're not getting those, unless you're Kyle Schwarber. if you're not getting those, then it's going to be a bad run. And I'm glad that, that Boone took him out when he did because it wasn't going to get any better. I, I do want to get into a little bit of the future of the Red Sox in this postseason and also a little bit of the future of the Yankees now that they're eliminated. But I'll get you out on this, Mike. Is this something you're concerned about with Garrett Cole going forward? No. 
in the playoffs regular season. Alex Rodriguez last night, who was pretty hit or miss on being a good announcer and not being a good announcer, uh, he thinks Garrett Cole will win the Cy Young next year, and he has full faith in him. I don't know if that's a Yankee thing or an actual baseball thing, but are you concerned about Garrett Cole in this situation going forward? No. Why? I think that the sticky stuff break uh, breakdown crackdown really did have an effect on him. Probably a lot of pitchers, but uh, especially on him. Oh, I think it's fair to say we saw it across the board. It affected everybody. Tyler Glass now blew his arm out in the first start afterwards, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or second start afterwards. Um, Garrett Cole was trying to adjust to not having it. I think he's been using it for a long time. Uh, at least since he went to Houston. Remember we always said, Houston's doing something. All these pitchers go there, and then they turn out to be awesome. Trevor Bauer called it before they won a World Series, before Verlander got there, before Cole got there. He called Charlie it Morton. way early, yep. way early. Um, I, I think he's been using it for four or five years. I believe I just mentioned Trevor Bauer, that loser. Yeah, and uh, I think it's going to be a big adjustment for him. But you I, don't think it's too big of an adjustment? No, because we saw flashes of it this year. There was it, was it was either July or August. I this mean, he's year. a Cy Young candidate in the American League. He was until his last three starts. He yeah. was the favorite until yeah. the last three starts. Um, we saw he had like a five or six start stretch where he was absolutely untouchable. And if he's got that figured out, he's just got to. Rem- it's almost like he's a regular pitcher again. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes your mechanics become slightly off. Yeah. Your arm angle slightly up or slightly down. And now your fastball sit in the middle of the zone instead of the edge of the zone. I think it's just going to take an off season of Cole looking at his film, looking at his, looking at his, uh, his delivery and figuring out without the help of the sticky stuff, how to be the pitcher that he wants to be. He will not be sub two ERA Cole because that was sticky stuff. Mm-hmm. But if he's going to be two eight three two ERA Cole with a ton of K's and a lot of Still wins, take it. I'll take it. I'll take. I will take that on a three hundred million dollar contract every day every of the week. Day. I don't care. So I have full faith he'll be able to figure it out. He's a perfectionist, which means you know what he's going to do starting tomorrow, today, figuring it out. And he cares about being a Yankee. Yes. So I, I, I'm not. I'm not worried. All right. When we come back, I do want to look ahead. What's next for the Red Sox as they take on the Rays starting tomorrow? And what's next for the Yankees? We'll try to squeeze that in to one segment before we get to the second hour. This is the Hot Corner Portland Sports Leader, Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris, 10A The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. It's 850 here. Coming up in the second second hour of the show, uh, we'll talk a little uh, Mariners fallout from the end of their season. Fair foul at the bottom of the hour. We'll keep you updated on this NL wildcard game. It is 1-1, bottom of the eighth, two outs, runner on first. Giovanni Gallegos on the mound. Remember, Will Smith at the plate. Remember, no extra inning base runners in the playoffs. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God, thank God, thank God. So we'll keep you updated on that. But I want to finish this Yankee-Red Sox conversation. And we'll keep it quick. Let's keep it quick and short with with both these teams. And I'll start with the Red Sox. I know we talked a lot about the Yankees and their falter. And some of that is because, you know, my co-host, good friend of mine, Mr. Mike Lynch, is sitting across from me. And he knows the team really well. So that's kind of what I want to talk about it. But also, I wanted to talk about the Yanks because this Red Sox team, I have been anti this Red Sox team all year, mostly because I just, I don't think they're very good. I think they've got some good players. 
I love Xander Bogarts. I think he is top-notch. Nathan Eovaldi showed his playoff Nathan Eovaldi. Outside of that, I really don't love this team. I really don't. So walking into the Rays series, I'm not saying compare them to the Rays. Was there anything you saw last night, Mike, that made you say, oh, maybe this Red Sox team could make a run? No, but there was nothing I saw even going into the game that I thought either team would beat the Rays. I would agree. Uh, even my own team, I had zero thought that they could beat Tampa in the first round if they got through the wild card game against Boston. Boston is offense first. Mm-hmm. They have a very good offense. Um, I mean, they did a lot. They scored six runs last night without JD Martinez, who's been a who's been a pretty good player for them this year. Well, he's been inconsistent. He started off. Uh, he's like better than some of the years before that they've paid him for. He was gangbusters to start and then was ice cold for most of the end of the season. But um, they're an offensive team. They hit. They mm-hmm. have a good. They have a good ability to control the strike zone. <clears throat> they're similar to the Yankees in that realm, where they they like to take walks. They like to get on base, uh, and they got a lot of guys up and down that lineup, and they've got decent depth. Mm-hmm. You know. They didn't start Christian Vasquez yesterday. Yeah, and he's good. They started Plowecki. They started Christian Arroyo yesterday. You know, they have guys on the bench that would have done equal or better jobs than those guys, so they've got good depth offensively. And for that reason, I think they'll stand a chance to win a couple of games against the Rays, at least, just because they can hit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But pitching is their big concern. Starting and bullpen. Their bullpen is not great. Um, I really thought they were going to give it up last night. Although Hansel Robles, who they got in the trade this year, has been very good at the end of the year. He did pitch well last night. And they've moved Tanner Houck from the rotation to the bullpen because they're trying to save his arm. And he looked really good yesterday as well out of the bullpen. Dare I say Alex Cora is a decent manager. He's a very good manager and a cheater, but a very good manager. (laughs) Um, So the bullpen, which has been a problem for them all year, they figured out some ways to make it better. Plus, you saw Garrett Whitlock come in last night who has a sub-2 ERA this year. That guy's filthy. And they basically removed Matt Barnes from the closer role, it feels like. Um, Smart move. Because Whitlock's been really, really good. The starters are where my big concern comes in. Eovaldi mm-hmm. was great yesterday, but he has been inconsistent and made a very early hook for him, which makes me think Cora saw that he was about to fall apart. Yep. The uh, old third time through the lineup thing. Chris Sale's been pretty good since he's coming been, off the he's, IL. He's been good. He's had a he had one start against the Orioles where he gave up five runs. Beyond that, he's been pretty solid. Behind those two, I'm very nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pavetta, eh, he's been okay, but nothing special. Uh, you know, Hauk was good for them, but he's not in the rotation anymore. So it's just you're going up a team uh, up against a team in Tampa that has arms after arms after arms after arms that will likely be able to limit your offense. <clears throat> and Tampa's not the best offense, but they hit for power. And they're more offensive than they were last year. Last year they were all pitching. This year they're all hitting. Well, I don't think they're all hitting this year. Well, I mean, their hitting is definitely increasing. Their pitching's taking a step back with Glasnow, Morton, and Snell gone. I mean, those names are gone, <clears throat> but the guys who have been pitching for them are just as good, in my opinion. Because Kevin Cash is a great manager, except for pulling Snell early. Um, so... I, I honestly don't know if Boston has a chance. Maybe that's not fair to them. It's a five-game series. Anything can happen in baseball. But I kind of look at this as like a raise in three situation. Yeah, I do uh, as maybe well. Maybe I give Boston <clears throat> a game. If the Yankees won, I would have said raise in three. Yeah. And maybe give the Yankees a game. I feel the exact same way that I would for either team. Tampa's just better. And until the games become long and stressful and Kevin Cash can ruin it again. 
I'm not going to pick against Tampa. And let me be quick on this with the Yankees. I'm going to throw something at you. I don't know if you know this. The last time a so the last time a Yankee manager got a fifth year on his deal having won no World Series titles was 1922. Mm. I do not need to get into how I feel about Aaron Boone, nor do I need to get into how you feel about Aaron Boone. But I will ask you, is Boone back next year? Yes. I'm not thrilled about it, but yes. Why? I think the way the Clubhouse, team... I know Judge loves him. He's I, come out and sport him. I think the way... Front the team, center, and that's your future. I think the way the team is built, and I texted this to you yesterday, I don't know the answer to this question. I have an inkling, is how much of Aaron Boone's job is the managing aspect and how much of Aaron Boone's job is the clubhouse aspect. Right, because we always talk about Cashman being the being the manager. Yes. Um, obviously, look, some of the jabs and the silliness aside, he's obviously a manager. He does make mm-hmm. decisions. It's mm-hmm. all those kind of things that he does. He's a smart guy. Yes. They're like, no, I'm not, I never bash Boone for being an idiot. I, I think that no matter who the Yankees hire, it will always be Cashman's binder that leads the way for the decisions they make. There might be some nuance here and there that changes. There might be. It's know, definitely been that way post-Tory. Uh, bullpen strategy that changes. But what we do know is that Aaron Boone is a good clubhouse guy. Mm-hmm. And he protects his players. And as far as I know, they seem to love him in there. And as sickening as it is to see uh, to see him say the same stuff in every post-game press conference, he's got that locker or he's got the clubhouse in his, in his hands. So because of that. He's got the number one guy in Aaron Judge. Because of that, I think he stays. But I would be happy to see somebody else get a chance at it as well. If he does come back, you think it's a one-year deal? No. Do you think they give him a four-year deal? And they just buy him out if they have to? Maybe two years. Okay. You know, you get two more years to figure this out. If not, you gonzo. The thing you have going for you is that Booney wants to be there. Yep. So he will take a one-year, a two-year deal. So we'll see how it goes. All right, coming up in the second hour, we got a lot to get to. I do want to get to the Mariners fallout as they faded down the stretch. And we'll also keep you updated on this NL wildcard game. Kenley Jansen in the game. Top of the ninth, one out, runner on first with some dude named Paul at the dish for St. Louis. Loaded second hour. Stick with us. The Hot Corner, 10 of the Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.